love the way you smack my cast podcast. Oh, <laughs> pretty good. I like I it. I love the way you pod my cast. No, the, I like the <laughs> first one. I'll say okay. I'll say yes to both. You have options with Dan. You only have one lane with me. <laughs> okay. I'll, I wonder which way I'll go. Um, <laughs> you pawn my cast. I like the way you pawn my cast. I guess it's kind of good. I like the way you smoke. Smoke my cast. Doesn't make sense. Smoke my ass. Anyway. I like the way you sign. I like the way you sign my cast. I like that. That's good. That's the best one. Uh, what's up? This is Dan and Brave presents. Gosh, it's been just days or week maybe since you heard the last episode, but that's also exactly what's happened here. So I'm not going to be confused at what to call this show, but this is a butt rock mini series, uh, minute series. Is that what it is? Oh, it has a name though. What's the name? Oh, Tell us, sh- Brandon. Shit. <laughs> it's well, it's, shit. Uh, shit has to do with butt. Shit has it, to do yeah. with butt. <laughs> Is it everything but stuff? It's everything but rock. Very close. Yeah, yeah everything oh, but, but rock. rock. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also just remembered, to be fair, because you said everything but stuff. It helped me remember what it was. Everything yeah. but rock. I remembered it because I just finished editing the podcast episode today. And uh, Brandon, you, you're the one who invented it. So I like that. You're like, you know what? I invented it, but now it's the world's. I forget it's, it. I, I gave up ownership. Yeah, yeah. It doesn't even belong to me anymore. Yeah, we we're, we're sharing this with you, the listener. Okay, haven't said the name. Haven't said the name of the show. We did yeah, everything but rock and everything but rock. Have, have, the pod. Okay, only podcast that matters. I said no. I said Dan and Brave presents. You I did? said that like very early on. I yes. miss it every time. So you didn't say it. <laughs> <laughs> roll the tape. Roll the tape. Roll it back. All right. Yeah, this is Danny Bray Presents. This is Everything But Rock, uh, a minute series on the the formation, history, influence, just all the information about the genre but rock, um, which we are actually defining here. We're we're our goal is to define it, make it a little bit more clear because it's it's there are things that get lumped into this genre that maybe don't belong and we're going to be doing that we're putting in the time and the work to make those lines clear just as clear as lines of underwear in pants like those lines very defined lines sure um sure but so i'm presenting on, on, ju- on your butt on your butt i'm presenting mm-hmm. brandon i just said that really great uh like analogy uh and this is um my name is uh, anal anal yeah uh, anal yes and my name is uh but the ah uh, god damn Aston Tushio, yes, is that what? Yes, <laughs> Tushio. Uh, yes, really good. Tushio. Um, <laughs> thank you, presenter number two in this show, the best presenter because it's number two taking a deuce out of the butt <laughs> <laughs> with your two cheeks. With the two cheeks, a lot of two. And an attitude from, <laughs> from us. We are doing a deep dive into the butt. Always fun. Hopefully, you're being safe, and we are being safe. Yes. We do a deep dive into the into the butt. You know, like in the episode of the Magic School Bus when they go into the body, but they they enter through the mouth. I'm assuming they have to. 
I'm sure. Well, you 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 asked us if we remember. It's clear you don't remember. <laughs> so you're like hoping, like hopefully, hopefully you guys remember. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, yes. <laughs> Honestly, yes. Because I don't remember if that. That one. is a case. I kind of remember that being the case where they enter through the mouth. Seems logical. Yeah. And then they kind of like as the episode goes on towards the end, they kind of like don't really delve too deeply into like the certain body parts that are south of the border. Well, we're changing that up. We're going in ass first, <laughs> and then we're going to eventually shoot out the mouth at the end of the episode. Yeah. Um, but it's educational like the magic school bus, because we're, we're going to teach you a lot of things about um, said butt rock genre. And I'm Dave. Col- oh, sorry. Dave colon. Dave Colon is my name. I'm presenter three. I never said my name. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you did not? <laughs> yeah, he did not. No, I was, I was just uh, riffing. I was butt riffing. Oh, I'm sorry. You're uh, butt riffing. Yeah, well, dur- during a little bit I of Dave's little line. monologue there, I was like, wait, did I zone out? I don't remember <laughs> how it got to be Dave's turn. <laughs> yeah, but I don't remember if I had a name. I'm sorry. I forget. You did. Oh, you did. Like, sorry. I was riffing, but I'm throwing it back to you, and then I'll introduce myself after, after you, Dan. It's fine. I am, uh, you know, Daniel. I've learned uh, it's Daniel. Is that it? It Danil was it was Daniel Stinkson. Stinkson. Really? Stink shift. Yeah. Stink shift. <laughs> I kind of like stink shift. Shift. <laughs> I'm on the stink shift tonight. Yeah. Babe. <laughs> Babe. You try- Not gonna be home yeah. for a long time. I'm on the stink shift. <laughs> <laughs> they got me doing the stink shift. Uh, that's like if you're a janitor. The, the, yeah, all of the shift is a stink shift. If you're a janitor, your whole your whole life yeah. is a stink shift. It stinks all the time. <laughs> oh. Excuse me. We say the the, uh, <laughs> the custodial arts. Okay, correct. But don't defy me here because it literally stinks. They're cleaning up shit all day. Okay. Well, that wasn't the part I was correcting. Uh, all right. Custodian? Custodial arts. Custodial arts? Custodial arts. Farts. Custodial farts. Custodial farts. farts. (laughs) Uh, Okay, yeah. Danal. Wasn't there another one? I thought there was another one. Danis. Danis. That's the worst. How could you forget? Danis. Danal. That's me. Dave, do you want to do... And I'm presenter number three. Dave Cologne. Usually, Dave Colon dropping the accent over the second O for this series of programs. Hi. And I got with me, of course, my butt rock fuel monster energy drink (laughs) sitting in with me for all these episodes of butt rock. Everything butt rock. Yeah, just the official drink of anybody who enjoys this. (laughs) This kind of music. Um, We haven't said yet what this particular episode is yet. Right. Yeah. Um, this is episode two of the miniseries. This is called Inspirations and Aspirations, where we are going to be talking about things that influenced partly how we got to this sound that we're going to be talking about. At least I think that's what we're doing. Uh, that's what I, a little bit of what I prepared. And Dave has some stuff ready. Dan, probably not, but he'll, you know, have some great chime-ins. Yeah, I'll be a chimer. Um, yes, we're going to discuss 
all the music that inspired the butt rock sound. Pre, but like pre grunge. Pre grunge. Right. right? Because everybody it, knows Grunge is certainly a huge inspiration for this. Humongous. Everybody knows that. We're that's gonna, obvious. That's probably next episode. That's probably episode it three. Is. Yeah. Where we're gonna yeah. we're gonna It is. It yeah. is next episode. We're yes. digging into that. This is everything before that that may have influenced this sound. I personally had a hard time really trying because, mm-hmm. like, you know, there the vocal styling is specific. the The terrible, you know, rock music in general is specific. You know, like so, um, it was hard. Yeah, it feels like such of an era, a specific era, which yeah. is like the late '90s to early 2000s. It's hard to imagine sometimes that it um, didn't just surface on its own out of nowhere. But that's not true. Everything has an influence. And uh, we're going to pinpoint those influences and aspirations here today. If we had a celebrity guest on this show, it, I guess it would have to be Stanley Two Cheeks, right? Stanley Two Cheeks? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm just trying to think of who, like, who we could have gotten. I don't know. I can't think of anyone better. Yeah, I mean, he'd be pretty good. <laughs> he would. Bald icon, bald icon, bald icon, um, triple triple bald icon with those two cheeks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. All right. So how do we want to do this? So uh, I I kind of went focused in on the vocal styling. You know, in our intro episode, we talked about uh, Mount B- Tushmore. Is mm-hmm. it Mount Tushmore? Yes. And uh, and yes. like the pillars of the genre. You know, we talked about Nickelback. We talked about Creed. And, you know, we, we, we mentioned how uh, Pearl Jam is definitely a huge influence. Um, and so, you know, a lot of what I'm going to be talking about is the vocal styling of how, you know, we like Eddie Vedder kind of kind of is like the the earliest user of this in, in a very obvious way. But I'm going to definitely talk about maybe how things got there. So how does that relate into what you're going to talk about, Dave? How would you like to do it? Like what state of the world could we have been where things... It, it all led to Vetter. Vetter, how did that happen? How did Eddie Vetter happen? That's that's what I want to know from Brandon. But for me, I got a playlist coming okay. of, let's see, I have 12 tracks here. No, 11. 11 tracks. And uh, I kind of just went through different artists and musical movements from the 20th century that I think either you know directly or indirectly had um inspiration for the butt rock movement as we come to know it um in the late 90s early to mid 2000s and i'll kind of walk you through why i think some of these songs and artists connect to butt rock because it might not be obvious but I'm, i'm here to again help you um see the connections sure excellent yeah, I um, I think sure. the que- <laughs> I think <laughs> the you know the question of you know how did Scott Stapp come to be it's pretty easy. The answer is Eddie Vedder. Yes, the answer is Eddie Vedder. Oh, his name is Eddie Vedder. His name is yeah. Eddie Vedder. Or he uh, has a he has a daddy or, name. Or the uh, the Stone Temple Pilots guy also, which we'll get into next sure. week. Um, next episode, you know, it could be. Well, I mean, I will be mentioning yeah. some of that stuff just to kind of differentiate just specifically the vocal side i mean we'll get into more of the music of that era obviously next time but i will there are going to be a couple examples i'm going to play right uh, what i'm saying is how did these guys 
come to be, right? How did, how, you know, right, right. how did, this is one step before, which, you know, I was listening to it. I was like, you know what? There is no step. Grunge is the origin. I'm giving up. <laughs> <laughs> That's the approach I took. So I am sitting here as a listener, as a co-host of a podcast. I'm a listener of this episode. But you're also a student. Yeah, you're, you're a listener. You're a student. I'm a student, but I'll chime, like I said. Yeah. Chimer. Like Pokemon. Star student. <laughs> teacher's pet. Grimer. That's Grimer. Uh, <laughs> teacher's pet. Star poople. <laughs> Butt rock. And like poop comes from the ass. <laughs> Maybe we'll learn how stap comes from these artists. <laughs> you know? <laughs> <laughs> Stap and others come from these artists. These artists <laughs> pretty much sh- shat Stap out of their asses. Shat, yeah. Shat stapping. They're show stopping, shat stapping artists of the 1980s and 70s. Uh, <laughs> All right, full Brandon, why don't you kick it off with your okay. uh, the, yeah, the sure. vocal influences? Oh, real quick. Any uh, butt rock, sorry. Oh, quick note. Any butt rock with like a country tinge, you could call it boot rock. <laughs> Why? Like a Wait, like a boot, like you wear like country, like you wear like a boot. Oh, gotcha. Call it boot rock. Boot rock. <laughs> if it's got a country tinge. Call it boot rock. You know? All right, that's all. Thank you. I like it. Sorry. <laughs> so, listeners uh, of the first episode may remember um, talking about a little bit. About the genre of butt rock and how, like, maybe the term was used by other generations to describe the sound of a style that was late to the game, to use a term that we've used on the show uh, many times. Like, uh, the tail end of a, of a trend, musically, tail? artists that are trying to do that. Um, and so they kind of, maybe for other generations, got labeled as butt rock. Right? Okay. We talked about that last time. Yeah. Yes. Um, and that actually really coincided with this vocal styling information that I found. So I was trying to find some anecdotes on the internet about the, the Scott Step Eddie Vedder vocal style. The, uh, Dan, you actually said something now that I, I want to kind of bring back to the surface last time. You described kind of like a little bit of a physical... Uh, association mm. that you have when you hear that sound. You wanted to say what that was again? Uh, did I have like a specific you term for we, it? I, well, uh, I, we talked about the chin. Well, no, you. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, you, yeah. you gave like a physical description oh, of, yeah. of it. The, the chin protrudes. The that uh, it's like a lip, like it's like lip bottom lip comes bottom, in bottom lip bottom lip comes in and the tongue goes up and you you don't pronounce words correctly <laughs> like right. it's right yeah so uh what was interesting was as i was looking up and i found uh just some forum it wasn't even reddit or anything this was just like a forum in in the early or like the early teens yeah dave oh sorry i was just thinking like dan's like <laughs> visualization got me thinking like the bottom lip is kind of like a toilet you know <laughs> think of it <laughs> <A> to- 
it's kind of like it's like what through, what you're spitting the words you're spitting out of your mouth are it's like coming from a toilet yeah <laughs> anyway sorry i think just, think woody harrelson woody harrelson famous like underbite like underbite like, i love underbites like yeah, like, yeah. So underbite that's underbite like the, uh, underbite yeah springsteen has a bite underbite um, um others do yeah so i was reading this uh I was reading this through this forum and everyone was kind of just talking about Eddie Vedder's voice and, 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 uh, all that type of stuff. And then, uh, this person said a, said a word just kind of flippantly. They just kind of just, they just threw out there like, Oh, I wonder if this is where the Yarl sound, the Yarl must be from San Diego. Right. So I was like, Oh, so then I started looking up Yarl and that is the term that, so, you know, I found instances of butt rock on the internet that people have used it before, but actually Yarl is the much more prevalent social acceptance of what this sound is. And that, The vocal sound. Yes, I forgot about that. That term makes so much sense. That's what it sounds like. Yarl. Yeah, Yarl. 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 Yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah. Can we get a spell check for that? What is that? How do you yes, spell that Yes, it is Y-A-R-L. Yarl. Yarl. Like Carl. Like Carl. Now, actually, uh, my old bandmate and roommate, that <laughs> was my nickname for him uh, in, in high school. Long story of how it got there. But I used to call him Yarl, but spelled with a J. So it was like a soft J hmm. uh, instead of a Y. Um, so I thought that, that you know, hmm. that was interesting. Um, but, uh, okay, so so then as I was looking into this Yarl thing, there I found an article <laughs> from... What? <laughs> no, no, I, was, I was making a face. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe it's a podcast maybe i shouldn't do that uh, <laughs> like you no, Brandon said <laughs> Brandon said i thought that was interesting and i made a face like well <laughs> i don't know about that <laughs> sorry <laughs> sorry continue <laughs> Okay, so from summer 2000, a blog uh, by a guy named Jack Endino Mm. has an article from summer 2000 uh, from the Backfire Zine is called uh, Part 1, Verb of the Month to Yarl. (laughs) I'm not going to read this whole thing because it's it's a little, uh, you know, uh, Wikipedia-esque, but um, it's talking about this vocal style. To Yarl is to sing melodramatically with a sort of barely suppressed letter R lurking beneath every other syllable. Huh. Uh, when I mention it, people always seem to know exactly what I mean. Uh, it's been described as singing through your lower lip is stuck way out. So, again, this Whoa. is like all connecting back to everything that, that we were just talking about. So he says, it's an annoying, exaggerated vocal affectation that some current <laughs> heavy rock singers, and don't forget, this is the year 2000, right? So yeah. like this is like cur- current, current heavy rock singers are using thinking of it as emotionally expressive bluesy or something soulfully singing like paul rogers they think paul rogers did not (laughs) yarl (laughs) paul rogers did not yarl bob halford did not so he's saying these ones did not uh did not okay did not did not not. robert plant uh did not yarl ian gillen did not yarl bon scott did Hmm. somewhat interesting somewhat that's interesting interesting. yeah okay somewhat i can kind of and, that uh, in my head. Wait, Bob, Bob, sorry, Bob Halford, Judas Priest. 
Rob Halford. Yeah, Rob, yeah. Okay. He's calling sorry. Him, sorry. Yeah. Okay. Got it. And then he's also saying, and weirdly, Al Green. Now, Al Green's name did come up a lot because wow. some of his little, little, some of his little like flares, like 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 little like soft oh, R, like cool. curls. Now, this one, this name didn't come up, but I, I did want to. Uh, but as soon as the Al Green thing, they said that, and I started thinking about that. I was like, oh, that. I, Weirdly, that does kind of make sense, like with some of his little, uh, you know, flares that he does. Dave just did a couple little examples. You want to do that again one more time, Dave? I, I saw in love again. Yeah, like like held back ours. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And we didn't do a uh, we didn't do a sound check. So let me know if you can hear this. Okay. Oh, wow. I thought of this. I thought of this right after thinking that. I was born in the wagon of a traveling show. My mama used to dance for the money they'd throw. Mama would do whatever he could. Preach a little gospel. Sell a couple bottles of doctor. Especially in the chorus here. Oh, definitely. Like, like it's like yeah, obviously totally. like, like if you can hear you can Good hear call. a little bit of that yarl that's there. uh share for the uh, share that's share yeah share and, uh, big covered time on the show previously gypsies uh Damn, yeah season three of the podcast 70s yeah so when i saw the al green thing that really like opened up i started like latching on to that sound because what what i think this guy was getting at was that like it, basically it's this one thing that kind of was happening and then you know, over time, it's just going to get more and more exaggerated into becoming now the parody that it that it's become. He says, I think the original criminal, I guess he's saying in terms of like overdoing it, was Ronnie Dio. Ooh, uh, Dio. N- now, I'm going to play the song that uh, he isolated. Not going to lie, I don't hear it as obviously as now that maybe the share thing kind of tainted my way of thinking because i really hear it there yeah definitely but here here is man on the silver mountain with uh rainbow this is dio the band is rainbow yeah Okay, so now I'm going to keep doing this where it's like, or maybe this will be the last time I do it. I don't know. Um, example that I got from this and then opening it into another thing that we've kind of been a little closer to. Because right. I guess when I first heard Dio, I was like, oh, I don't know. Because like I hear the raspiness and like right. the more grit. But yeah, you hear that R in there. Mm-hmm. But you know what that song in particular brought to mind is Journey. Wheel in the sky keeps on turning. Yeah. Like also very similar, right? Ah, yeah, interesting. So, this huh. is all definitely stuff that you know Vetter would have been aware of, but knowing what like he's kind of cited in the past as liking, it's always a little more like soul based. So then, again, thinking about connecting the share journey, the big one that I never really would have considered is uh, blood, sweat, and tears. Oh, wow. 
uh, again, exactly in the sweet spot era that we've talked about. Cause you came and you took control. You touched my very soul. You always showed me that. Loving you is where it's at. You made me so very happy. Damn, yeah. I'm so glad you True. came into my And so, like, that is, like, very better to me, where it's, like, rock but soul. Like, like that's kind True, of like what yeah. better, like, definitely riding those influences and bringing them. And just I never would have made these connections without this article, like, setting up the yeah. one side of it, like, the more, like, rock end of it and the Al Green part and then connecting it to the stuff that we've listened to on the show. Doesn't seem like it's kind of coming together, like, timeline-wise now, too, because you have, yeah. like— does blood, sweat, and tears share? Like they're doing it in like this subtle way, and then it's sort of creeping into the metal stuff, which is obviously butting up against you know where Vedder was, right? Yeah. Okay, so that he finished. This is from that article in two thousand. At the very end, the singer for Creed is the current expert, and he phonetically writes out "Kranju take me higher." He yarls on their big radio song. Days of new come to mind. Godsmack. Again, this is in the year two thousand. Yeah. The problem is that the current crop of yarlers are copying their shtick from our homeboys. Lane and Eddie V, we'll come back to Lane in a second, who are actually quite restrained at Yarling. Eddie <clears> hardly <throat> did it after the first PJ album, which after a little bit of research, you can hear actually it declined very, oh, very interesting. Steep, steeply. Whoa. Whoa. I didn't know that. Chris Cornell never did it. Accurate. Lanigan and Cobain sure as hell didn't need to. Nonetheless, it's now Seattle singing to some people. Friends don't let friends Yarl, please stop the madness. So then, I guess... This article caught a little bit of traction, so then he posted an update. Part 2 Yarl update at the winter of 2000. So this is like six months later. Uh, my article on Yarling struck a nerve. Plenty of people thanked me for getting the word to describe the offending vocal style. So we're tapping into something that people have been very in small pockets feeling and, and, and needing a, a, the definitive guide to. It was pointed out that earlier Yarlers included Guess Who's Burton Cummings, Dan's favorite singer, yeah, the, the greatest rock vocalist <laughs> the of all time. Rocks, yeah, the greatest. Exactly. Yeah, maybe that's why. Maybe very... that's why I think he's so great because he invented Yarl. Yeah, pioneer. <laughs> I was very pleased to read uh, after after I did my research on the first one that other people suggested Blood, Sweat, and Tears, Uriah Heap, uh, who I listened to, which was kind of similar to the the Dio stuff, where it's like kind of there, and then Al Green. So that was really just kind of the follow up. He didn't really do like a like a like an appendix type of thing. It was just like responding to the people that giving, you know, the feedback of all that type of stuff. So let's look at the years here. Now, Journey and like that blood, sweat, and tears stuff. Uh, Dave, you, I didn't do this part. When, when were they, when was that stuff popping? The the Journey stuff, I mean, not the blood, sweat, and tears. Journey is, is like really late seventies and like probably at its peak in the early eighties. Okay. Early eighties. Okay. So like they, they're like, Years before hair metal really comes up, right? Yeah, yeah, definitely. Okay, maybe five years. They kind of like wane as hair metal starting to, yeah, get traction, right? In like the mid to late eighties. So, the other name in that article was Blaine Staley, right? Of Alice in Chains, which is why I got. We're not going to get too deep into Alice in Chains because that's going to be on the grunge episode. I've always kind of associated them with this. Arab and sound but like a little removed from butt because it's like heavier and harder but his voice is very yarly thinking about rooster like 
Yeah, here comes the Rusha. Like, like you know, it's like very, very gnarly. Yeah, they come to snuff the very interestingly, uh, I found this video from Allison Chains in 1986. And again, this is going to tie back into the what we talked about with eras overlapping each other, maybe being a little too late to the game. They're just straight up hair metal when they start. I wanted to just play it is that the Jarl that he adapts with the Alice in Chains style sounds a little evolved. He's like leaning into it a little bit based on some of these videos that I watched in the hair metal era, which I thought that was really interesting because of talking about how these sounds can get associated to the stuff that is like riding off the end of an era. So it's like they, they didn't make it in the hair metal. So they transitioned once the hmm. other sounds started evolving out of Seattle and all that type of stuff, because this is in Seattle. So I thought that was pretty interesting, too, that, like, natural progression. So I said, okay, so I wonder what Eddie Vedder was doing early on. Now, do you guys know, uh, oh, Better Man, Better Man. Can't find a better man. <laughs> right, like, like kind of like yeah. one of, like, right? So that is, like, from their second or third album. I can't remember. But hmm. apparently... It's a like lore in Pearl Jam fandom that he wrote it when he was 14 years old, and here's a video of him singing it in They're just like playing right. in a small yeah. club, and they they didn't like release it for a while. I, I, that's pretty interesting. But his voice is so yarly there, so right, it really just kind of sounds like that's just his style. Like it doesn't sound like it evolved. Like the Lane Staley one definitely seems like it kind of gravitated towards that. But this is just like this looks like it was filmed on a potato, and it's just like them in a small <laughs> club, and that's just like his sound and based on some of the influences that, you know, it, it, the connection makes more sense that like over years and years, maybe that sound, I mean, the share one is kind of, that's almost now like the Rosetta Stone for me in terms of hearing it in other singers I never would have thought of. Yeah. Because, because right. we've all like made th that connection to her sound, like, like I know, it I don't was know. right there. We didn't like never put, put the, I know. We never put, put those two, two things two together. together. I'm pissed. I'm yeah. pissed yeah. at myself. I didn't, it's such an obvious one. It's such an obvious. It's, so, yeah. it's so obvious. It's so right there for the taking, and it, it makes a lot of sense. You thought you were making fun of two separate things, Dan, but you were making fun of the same thing. <laughs> same thing. Two cheeks, one butt. Yeah. Yeah. And the guess who? Guess who? Same deal. It was right there. Same same deal. Guess who was right there? Yeah. It was in. Yeah. Away from grass. me. It's, it's you could hear it. Yeah. Don't no. Cry. Seriously. It, like, yeah. Now I hear it 
like very easily in a lot of other <laughs> other places. Al so, Green again, never would, get... never would have thought about it with Al Green. That's interesting. Al Green is that's interesting because it's such a different style of yeah. music. Yeah, I would never put that together. I don't want to name too many artists. It could, I don't know, it could go into Dave's playlist. I don't know if that would bother you, Dave. If like I just, you know, because there's a few that have come to mind since we started doing right. this. That if they're on your playlist, I'm sorry, or do you not want me to say them? <laughs> no, I didn't strictly go for vocal. All right. So if you thought of other vocal ones, let me know. Yeah. Well, what did you? Uh, well, we we mentioned this, I think, in the last episode we recorded. Even Michael McDonald a little bit. Is like oh, there's like you that know. is on my playlist. Okay, so you bastard. Yeah, I, well, we well we also mentioned him already. So whatever. Um, <laughs> but you, it was interesting yeah. that he didn't come up on some of these things. I'm wondering if it's because he has such, and maybe for share too, they just have such a unique identity yeah. of themselves. Totally, that, like, it's so distinct and stylistically, yeah. it's so different from what yeah Pearl Jam is and yeah yeah. For whatever reason, people um, were yeah. able to make the Al Green connection, but not the Cher and McDonald's connection. So that's really it. Again, we'll get a little deeper into the grunge stuff, but uh, because it does seem to be like two kind of factions of the grunge era in terms of like having just kind of like a rock voice, like Chris Cornell, Cobain, and, you know, like that side of it, whereas then like Lane Staley, Pearl Jam, and Stone Temple Pilots had like the Yarl version of it. And uh, right. so it'll be yeah. interesting to look at the musical, maybe things that also kind of went in those directions. Uh, Definitely. Cause you know, we're going to get deeper into it next episode, but I think Kirk Cobain's vocal styling is very iconic and clearly there's certain butt rock people that model their voices more after him than Eddie Vedder. And Kirk Cobain is not a URL or maybe right. we can no. come up with no. a term for what he does. It's a different kind of like, Huh, like a Yelpy thing. Right. And like Brandon, like you said, Cornell, not really a Jarl either. But no. Maybe his a little style's bit. like a power power rasp. Yeah. That's more for the grunge episode. Um, yeah, we'll get deeper into that. But believe me, there are some, I can already hear in my head, like some Chris Cornell melodies that have a little like Jarl, especially like yeah. in the audio slave stuff. But, but because he's like such like a precision guy, like Eddie Vedder's a little more like energy and like, like Feel, franticness. Uh, yeah, and like Cornell is maybe, like precise. Again, maybe here's an here's an analogy for you, right? Maybe eh, okay, I'm gonna try this. Maybe Scott Stapp is to um Eddie Vedder. Chad Kroger mm-hmm. is to Chris Cornell. What do you think about that? I, I think honestly maybe even a little bit more Cobain than Cornell, because he's not like a Co- sing like Cornell's like a singer. Whoa, Chad is a singer. <laughs> Chad is a singer. How dare you? <laughs> no, I, I don't know. I think he. I think I can hear maybe a little bit of. Like I'm, Cornell, trying, like I'm thinking I, of like I want to be a rock star. Like that's Chad Kroger. It's maybe a combination of all three. But I really am. Yeah, because Cornell. Cornell's he can be like a virtuosic. Yeah. Vocalist Kroger doesn't do that. Bit. No. But Kroger has a nice voice, low key. <laughs> if okay in low keys only exactly right scott Stapp has a high key amazing voice yeah <laughs> exactly it's the best ever so in my i told you my homework didn't you know for this show didn't really get me anywhere i you know if we're well brandon are we moving on from your 
segment? Yeah, okay. that was that was pretty much it. But yep. if we're going in presenter order, Dave, mm-hmm. um, I really pre grunge. I really only I tried to listen to a lot of hair metal in preparation for this show to really see if I, I can like make that. any parallels. And I feel like Dave is would be a lot better than I am about the music side of it. I tried to like. When the vocal was just not even, you know, close, it really kind of threw me for a loop, and I had a hard time. There was one band, though, where I was like, okay, I think there's a lot of influence here. And it's probably a spoiler. Oh. And I would guess that it's an apps. Well, I could be wrong. But I thought it was a spoiler. But it's also, you know, this band is almost even beyond hair metal. It's just a humongous band. Um, Guns N' Roses. But oh, interesting. Guns N' Roses was oh, one. I wasn't thinking yeah. them at all. Oh, good. Okay. I thought maybe you were because you've seen them. They're your, one of your favorite bands. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I, and I don't have any you know, clips prepared. We could just play any Guns N' Roses song, really. But, like, that was one. I mean, I'm just thinking of, like, where do we go out? Like okay, that, yeah. Like, yes. Oh, you think? Think of his shit. His, a yarl. his shit is almost a yarl. Um, again, the butt rock yarl is never as high pitched as the hair metal guys are, ever. The, no. the, the, like the, right. the, high, the hair metal guys are, yeah, like they're, they're, you know, <laughs> which is yeah. why the Dio thing threw me off yeah. at first. But yeah, they're, like it, yeah, you can. They're always can way up it, there. Yeah. That's that's one of the biggest right. vocal differences. Whereas you know the butt rock guys yes. are, are lower all the time. True. Um, mm-hmm. Guns and Roses, it's both. It's it's it has almost all almost all the elements that butt rock has. It has a lot. It has a lot of it. If you listen to it, like again, if you just want to put enjoying on enjoying this connection. Yeah, like it, because. Honestly, Sweet Child of Mine kind of sounds like a butt rock song. Like, it's like slower, but it's not a ballad. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, when yeah. you think of butt rock, you're not thinking of ballads, but you, but there is the slower, depressing nature of them. And I felt like right. Sweet Child of Mine mid-tempo. almost has that. Yeah, mid-tempo. Um, or what's the what's the cover that they do that he does? The uh, Knocking on not, Heaven's Not, not hey, hey, hey. Like, yeah. hey, that yeah, song is yeah. almost, is, oh, is, yeah. is kind of butt rock, too. Like, there's... That was the one band that kind of when I was going through all the hair Let's, metal stuff that oh, kind of knocking on heaven's door. Yeah, I'm gonna put that. Knocking on heaven's door. Guitar door wise too, there's a lot of links yes. to what. Yeah, the chorusy. This is the guitar too. The picking. Like, you know, this isn't. You're not gonna hear this high pitch stuff, but because Axl Rose, I think people think of him as like a really high singer, but a lot of times he's going low. And doing that kind of yeah, it's, like yeah. that type of thing. Yeah. And he's super cartoonish with his vocals, so <laughs> all of it's exaggerated. So yeah. if it's yarling, it's exaggerated. Mama, take this bath for me. I can use this also it sounds very Alice in Chains. It does. I, I never thought about that. song kind of yeah, I mean, you're right. You're really right. Yeah, this is like a complete oversight for me because I listened to so much Guns N' Roses growing up. But yeah. 
I would never think they connected to butt rock at all. Because the other hair metal bands don't really do this. It's not like this. It's different. The ballads are different. Because they're not really hair metal, though. They're like, so, okay, yeah, so, yeah, they're you're right. So hard rock. Is, yeah. So, Dave, I think you're going to maybe be on board with this. When I was talking about the Eddie Vedder being a less like precise guy, he's a little bit more like energy, you said like feel, kind of like that soulful thing, right? Where like the melodies are there, but he's a little bit more like uh, liberal with the melodies. It sounds like this is kind of like the... Um, a little bit of like the Chris Cornell wailing, but it, it is a, like a lot more like soulful. Maybe that's why it doesn't feel like hair metal because a lot of that hair metal stuff is a little bit more just like this is the melody, a gang vocal type thing. And Axl Rose is like being a little bit more fluid with it. For sure. sure. Yeah. And guitar wise too is like guitar wise. It's yeah. crazy yes. how much the guitar sounds exactly like a lot of the guitar we heard in the essential butt rock songs from last episode. Totally. It's, the same tone, same effects. Exactly. And the and like same you said, the, the picking, picking, like yeah, the the picking. Good. I'm happy I wasn't crazy. The pieces are definitely yeah. The pieces are definitely there. And you yeah. know who wrote that song? Bob Dylan. So Bob Dylan, original butt rocker. He created <laughs> butt rock, basically. <laughs> yeah. Uh, hi, right, talk about Guns hi, and Roses. Talk about Guns hi. and Roses for a minute. I'll be right back. I, okay. <laughs> Okay. You know, I listened to that Buns. and I kind of liked it, <laughs> which is which is funny because I I always thought that song. I mean, no, when I first heard it when I was like twelve or thirteen, fourteen, I thought it kicked ass. Yeah, I was and into all this stuff too. Yeah, I thought it sucked for like you know this whole stretch of time until right now. <laughs> this sounds kind of good, actually. It's in a now that I know it's butt rock, I like it. <laughs> That's insane. <laughs> Uh, no, I'll never put that song on. It's almost more butt rock than some grunge because it, it's, yeah. cl- it's clearly more... Like mo- moody. Brandon always says like moody. It's moodier? Like, like, yeah, it's yeah. moodier. Yeah. It's rocking, but it's also like not trying to be underground in any way. Like it's sure. trying to be way more commercial than any of the grunge guys were trying to be. And that's that's peak butt rock right there i mean the the com- wanting the commercial success yeah you know and yes going for you know that sound yeah i'd say that song is probably the best example from or at least other hits um i agree with that yeah i, I listened to appetite for destruction it couldn't really find much else that really fit you know what about it's so easy easy <laughs> when everybody's trying to please me baby <laughs> I don't even know what that is. I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> Did you just make that up? Is that a song you just no, wrote? That's that's one of their that's one of their songs. It's on a colon original for destruction. <laughs> <laughs> but I think "Sweet Child of Mine" is also a pretty good example. Sure. Yeah. Less guitar wise, but vocally, yeah, and like songwriting yeah. wise, yeah. maybe, yeah. And yeah. Not when he goes high, though. But that's good. Definitely yeah. a good pull, Dan. Really uh, good pull. Uh, Thank you. Yeah. I thought for Dave, I, I thought for sure pull. you would bring that up because, like, when I, again, I put on like a hair metal playlist, they came up, and I was like, oh yeah, that's, they're not hair metal. They're in the Spotify category. <laughs> <laughs> they always say they're not hair metal, but they like they came uh, up with all the hair metal bands. Yeah, they're world. right. They're yeah. <laughs> yes, they fit the mold. They're I mean, but no, they're I different. mean, it is a slightly different sound. 
It is a little different. Yeah. It really is a little different. Dude, and like and Slash, dude. Like And Slashes? These oh bands didn't have Slash. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> these bands had better guitarists. Yeah, a- <laughs> they didn't have Slash, they had better guitarists. <laughs> <laughs> you, you but know those guitars fun- were too good. They were you know too good. You know what's funny is like great. is like I'll bet like unknowingly some of those hair metal guitarists are way better than Slash. I'll bet some of them are. They're just in a like, shitty LA band. Like 100%. Yeah. Anyway, let's Velvet move Re- on. Velvet Revolver was kind of butt rock. Oh, maybe? yeah. They are. They're from the butt rock era. That's Slash, right? Yeah. Cause yeah. You have, and Wyland. And Wyland's yeah. there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, interesting. We got to put that on our... Uh, yeah. I just thought of that because it's Slash. Is this butt um, uh, episode? Butt or not? Slither or what, fall, fall to pieces. What was their big song? Fall oh, to yeah. pieces and slither. Every time slither. falling yeah. down. Which is yeah. funny because the guitar riff in that song, the ballad, is basically Sweet Child of Mine backwards. And that is that it, Dan? You only had Guns and Roses. That was that was really the only one that's yeah. Because like no, hair metal isn't. I mean, it was too tough to make any strong comparisons. All I do you know, I did listen to Dio, Meaningful and I did, and I did, I didn't pick up on Dio. I did listen to a little bit of Dio. I didn't did pick up on it. it. It was just all about the unlocking it. Like just like once you hear the one little thing, then then it makes sense. You can't unhear so. it. Can't unhear it. Then I put on some Michael yeah. McDonald and for the rest of the night. And then it got me into a Kenny Loggins category, and I was just like off the podcast at that point. So wow, <laughs> started listening to Kenny Loggins again. It was really, it was a good night. <laughs> That's a good night. I wish I was doing that instead of doing what I did, which is <laughs> compile a playlist of eleven songs <laughs> that I think are directly or indirectly aspirational to the butt rock sound as we know it. So. Share sound. Music. Share sound. Oh, we did hear that already, so that would be redundant <laughs> if I do some share sound, but. Can you hear this? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. yeah. This is the first song on my playlist. JK. Okay. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, so. I kind of went chronologically with a few detours and stuff, but I started in the late 60s, pretty much where Brandon started. The first aspiration I saw, and I, I think I already revealed this like in our discussions off mic, was an important rock figure from the late 60s and early 70s whose aura was influential to all darker-sounding rock music that was popular uh that came after it and that is jim morrison from the doors okay he's like the original brooder in my opinion and i know he had a big influence on like the grunge guys cornell vetter kilmer so i have a song what's up (laughs) you said you you said cornell vetter i said kilmer (laughs) <laughs> some of the early grunge guys <laughs> like Kilmer of the early 90s like Kilmer yeah yeah. Uh, <laughs> Vedder Cornell Kilmer Kilmer he sounds like a grunge rocker he does, he does. Val his Kilmer, name is yeah. grunge Val yeah. Kilmer 
That's uh, awesome. We could do a whole thing on grunge names. People who have grungy yeah. names. <laughs> well, we kind of did when we were doing the episode the singers. One. Yeah. Oh, true. Yeah. But he also played. He played Jim Morrison. That was that was the gag. Okay. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Okay. At the same time of grunge, it, like really peaking. Right. Like ninety one, I think, or ninety two. Yeah. So. Yeah. Jim Morrison's vibe was still vital in the grunge era, and I'm not the only one who made that connection. A little guy, sorry, a big guy named Oliver Stone did that too. So, here's a song by The Doors called Peace Frog. I don't know if it really shows his broodiness at all, but I I like the song, so I wanted to play it. But maybe, like, also, very, very minutely, you can hear a vocal connection. I was even just thinking the guitar, too. Obviously, Nirvana. Oh, yeah, it is like Nirvana. I thought that's why you were playing it. No, I, but thank you. But that dark, masculine presence. Mysterious, sad, something is a brewing inside of you. It's all there. stuff danny like that or no i don't hate it for a band that i notoriously very much don't like i like that hey you notoriously don't like them yeah i didn't know that yeah Must i don't know about not that notorious i was just gonna say <laughs> easy with the, the use of notorious <laughs> if it was notorious and it's music and it's an opinion from you i should know it if it's notorious. Yeah. Easy Biggie Smalls with the self proclamation yeah. of notorious. <laughs> notorious. Exactly. <laughs> I notoriously hate them. I'm always talking shit about the doors. <laughs> We've had a music podcast for the last. No, four but years. I, I I totally get hatred of the doors, Jim Morrison. No, I think yeah, like I think yeah, of course. He's obnoxious. I've, like I'm he's, pretty I'm pretty neutral. Corny. I'm neutral on it on the doors and I I don't care. He's annoying as like a rock legend uh, figurehead. But they have some great songs, undeniably. And the Doors were a massive band in the late '60s and early '70s. So I thought of like really massive rock bands. That's mm-hmm. a precedent for butt rock. He's like a you know one of the earliest molds of of a rock star that's yeah coming from a darker place. Definitely not a brighter you know. Energy yes, rock not the star. lads, not the not Beatles, the Liverpool- yeah. not the lads, the, the Beatles or anything like. They that. want to hold your hand. It's you know, it's yeah, that shit. Not that. It's touch me, babe. <laughs> Instead, <laughs> Lizard King. Yeah. So, moving on from the first song, let's move on to the second song. That was my first kind of territory of influence. Now moving on to a second territory of, of influence, and this I will have two examples from this territory of influence. Now, a term that we threw around a lot in the first episode was the term medium rock, which mm-hmm. we invented uh, back in high school in the the mid two thousands. No one has ever said it. <laughs> no one, no one has ever thought of saying medium rock, even though soft rock and hard rock existed for a yeah. long time. We're the first ones to say medium yes. rock. Medium rock. Well, that's why it's not a genre. I mean, clearly, like it's there, so you know, there for the taking. There no for the taking, it. exactly. But before there was medium rock, 
a term that was used a lot in like the 60s and 70s was MOR, middle of the road, uh, which like referred to radio programming that kind of did everything that wasn't heavy, like the rock bands of the day, like Zeppelin and, you know, uh, whoever was big back then, can't think of it. And like really soft, like folky artist. There was this middle ground sound, stuff that would appeal to more people. Probably the stuff we covered on the pod. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Really big stuff. So that would include like blood, uh, sex and tears. What's it called? <laughs> Yeah, blood cum and tears. What's her name? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Blood, sweat, and tears. Okay, blood, sweat, and tears, and probably share. And its popularity is a precedent for the ass massive success of <laughs> of butt rock that came later. Also, the thing about medium rock, it's often shitty. <laughs> you know, it like appeals to the masses yeah. and still rocks, but it's often like stuff that makes you go, ah, I don't really like that. Like I know it. It's always playing on the radio but yeah. i don't no, care about i have shit. i have no choice but to know it yeah right. it's just <laughs> ever present so yeah. w- that made me think of a band that we listened to a great deal in the 70s when we covered the board bills um which i think is a shittier version of blood come in tears uh three dog night <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we, we picked this as... This might have been wor- was this worst song of the decade? Yeah, they came up a lot in the early 70s. They had like a lot of number one hits, and we didn't like any of them. I think we picked that one, or one of them, for worst song of the decade. I think we did. I think every single time they came up in a year, we said they were like the, our oh, least wait, favorite. No, the bad one was the one that was like the racial harmony one. That was the worst one. That was also really bad. Yeah. Um, yeah. I can't remember what was it called. I can't remember. What goes... Uh, black and white? Or? Black, yeah. Something like that. The yeah. White is black. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Oh god. It's like a nursery rhyme. It just all sounds worse. like it all just sounds like schoolhouse rock shit. You said like, it, sister. Th- shut up. Yeah. So it's like it's like <laughs> it's clearly not hard rock, but there's rock elements to it, and it's always on the radio. Very reminiscent of like us growing up in the two thousands and always hearing like Nickelback on the radio, all this shit on the radio. Yeah. And mm-hmm. not really caring about it, maybe. But it was like the the radio rock of the day. So I thought that was a yeah. precedent for, for butt rock. But it also made me think of this next rock figure who I think is the poster child of ever-present medium-rocking mediocrity. Um, and that is, of course, one of rock's greatest villains, Eric Clapton. Nickelback, most hated band in the world. Eric Clapton, one of the most hated... <laughs> I think now most hated, but somehow one of the most popular artists of all time. Yeah. And seems like never going to go away. No one is like really passionate about Eric Clapton, it seems. But still, he's got one of the biggest careers of all time. God. Maybe he's more popular now because of his vaccine stance. 
maybe is <laughs> also made him become more hated. Like before, people were more ambivalent yeah. towards him, but now people are realizing his music always sucked, and now he's an asshole, too. <laughs> fuck this guy even more so even aside from that stuff there's been a, the unsurfacing not unsurfacing but just reassessment of his other shittiness too that mm-hmm. you know that racism throughout yeah. the years yeah. yeah horrible but he's such a popular artist he's a household name yeah rolling stone re- redid really their list and he was on it again yeah they don't care about his his personal shit they're gonna include him on the list still but he's always kind of like been between like soft rock and, and medium rock. He's never really been like a true. Yeah, hard rocking dude, you know? Right. Totally. So that's that's the medium rock, middle of the road territory of influence. Now moving on to the third territory of so influence. Also just to reiterate too that it's it's not just about the sound. You're also just like showing the role that it played yes. in, in that style. I'm like, saying butt rock. Uh, has always been around in some form, even though the sound has changed. The um, the feeling towards it, like the general, like, right. yes, yes. Like right. the, kind of like what we were talking about of how, like, yeah, maybe butt rock was used in other terms, but like just the general sense of what was happening with this type of era has happened before. Um, exactly. And so just making those connections. Yeah. I just right. wanted to just like highlight that again. Right, right. I'm, I'm coming like, at I it. I like this. I like that a lot. From a different angle here. Okay, mm-hmm. so... This third territory is more of an aesthetic influence, I think. Okay. This is the 70s and 80s Heartland Rock. This okay. music usually has like an earnest quality to it, a quasi-country everyman ethos to it. Now, like an earnest goes to camp or jail? Um, both, because those are both pretty middle America uh, everyman <laughs> settings, I think. Yeah. Um, a- appealing to middle America, people who re- who wear camo, go hunting, drink beer, party, yeah. average yeah. folks like me, me, well, only me here, because um, <laughs> I'm from Jackson, New Jersey, uh, from humble beginnings here. But the two artists that I <laughs> highlighted from this crew of Heartland, which was super popular in the late 70s, going into the mid 80s, kind of like before... The peak of hair metal. The first one is more of a 70s heartland rocker. It's Bob Seeger. This is from 72 also. About being on the road. This song is called Turn the Page. Yeah, it's called Turn the Page. You just said it. (laughs) (laughs) You know, this song reminds me of what Brandon said about the song Blurry by Puddle of Mud last episode. Because it's also a song you'd hear some plaid-wearing guy drunkenly singing along to at the uh, local bar late at night. Totally. You know, it kind of has the same role. Yeah. But also has that, like, earnesty, that, like, heart-wrenching earnesty that a lot of... Oh, yeah. yeah. But rock embodies. Yeah, it's like the soulful stained. Yes, exactly. <laughs> it really is. 100%. Yeah. And you don't feel much like riding. You just wish the trip was through. Masculine sad man here. See, here I am. 
kind of a little bit of a a yarl. A little bit. Yeah. There's slight yarls. Yeah. Cool. And saxophone, a very big instrument in butt rock. (laughs) (laughs) If only. Yeah. (laughs) I wish. Yeah. Imagine. Now, another artist that I have to highlight, I think he's like the best artist to like um, employ heartland rock ethos. That's John Mellencamp, of course. Mm -hmm. He was more like uh, the heartland rocker, go-to heartland rocker of the 80s. Seeger was more of a 70s guy. But this song I'm going to play, we actually played before, I think, during our 80s... uh, tournament one of the tournament things okay and we said at the time i don't know if you you guys remember this or not but the guitar was really yes forward thinking in its in its in its quality listen to this I, now I, rem- I don't remember it but i remember it t- talking about this yeah here yeah oh my god this is this a bu- is the guitar is, sound that's crazy this is a butt rock song been for changing this ain't even done with the night. Yeah, this it's, Lifehouse. it's there. This is Lifehouse. It's Lifehouse. <laughs> it's soft butt. Soft butt. Yeah. Baby butt. <laughs> and then it becomes less of a butt rock thing. Yeah, it turns into it turns into Italian. A little Stewart. <laughs> little, yeah. little Stewart. M- 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 Moonstruck soundtrack. Kind of sounds like Talking Head '77. But who he is is so, yeah, every man. And that's definitely the same market that the butt rockers were, yeah. were shooting for. Yeah. It's, uh, it's not country. It's Harland. No. Yeah. Uh, totally. From, uh, from Bloomington. Yeah. Smack dab in the middle of the country. His daughter, one of the real housewives. Really? Yeah. Uh, not anymore, but she was for a while. Cool. Uh, I think Be- I think Beverly Hills. Leslie watches a lot of it. <laughs> but that was a mind-blowing fact that we we picked up on in an earlier series. But I had to bring it to this series because it is crazy to one how it's not like it's like oh yeah you can hear like the influences of that. It's like no, that's just straight up the sound. But it's also then amazing how they completely falls away from that like oh yeah everything else like comes into yeah, play exactly yeah good callback good callback yeah no no problem right um no problem at no all problem. <laughs> no problem <laughs> no at problem at all <laughs> good callback no problem <laughs> uh, uh, and now moving on happy to <laughs> We're Wait, gonna turn the page. I have actually, I have um, a crazy fact I learned about Teddy Mellencamp, his daughter. Again, if we're staying on the Mellencamp. Oh, Teddy, I like that name for a her. Name, her na- yeah, her name is Teddy. Um, Teddy. Do you, the, you know the the rapper who died, Pop Smoke. Yeah. Okay. R.I.P. He died because he was murdered in like an Airbnb house that he was renting from Teddy Mellencamp. 
It's like a crazy thing I just. Oh learned. my god! Yeah, like really? the hell, he, Wait, like he Pop was, Smoke got murdered in a in an Airbnb. I don't know if it was Airbnb specifically, but it was he was essentially borrowing or like renting Teddy Mellencamp's house with his crew. Uh, people must have found out he was there. Maybe he posted. You know who knows? They were getting robbed, and he tried to like fight the guys back that were like robbing him, and they killed him. They shot and killed him. That's the story. Jesus, and, God. and it was at Teddy Mellencamp's house. That's horrible. Yeah, that's R.I.P. Pop Smoke. Actually, I like him a lot. I like a lot of his songs. Yeah, he was good. <laughs> so, uh, okay. well, talk about Mel Camp. Sorry, that's something I learned recently. That's an interesting uh, connection. Tidbit. That's a more interesting connection than maybe even like saying that Cher <laughs> has a Yarl. <laughs> <laughs> that I did not see coming. You know? Right. Yeah. It's crazy ass story. Pop Smoke and, and John Mellencamp having like a connection like There's that. There's a connection. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Okay, so we're moving on to the fifth territory of butt rock ass fluence. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what we what was it what was a- the term? Aspiration. As- aspiration. aspiration. Yeah, but Sorry, I, like, aspiration. I like ass fluence. Ass fluence. Yeah. Ass fluence. It's the eighties brand of medium rock. Moving past that 70s middle-of-the-road rock, this is 80s brand of medium rock. Kind of that mom and aunt's rock that we talked about in our, our, our 80s board bills. Mm. Also, I kind of added some mainstream hair metal, too, that kind of has mom, aunt's rock elements. Um, but again, this is less of an aesthetic influence. It's more of a like precedent influence, I guess, okay. or a precedent for the popularity of butt rock. Sure. Oh, wait, I'm sorry. I messed up. Oh, sorry. That was number five. Let's go back to number four. Okay. I skipped over number four. I'm so sorry. All good. Number four <laughs> is popular music with strange, unorthodox pronunciation. <laughs> this is not a, like, uh, um, an era thing it's just like uh, a few different artists i thought who are very popular people heard them on the radio all, all the time and accepted their strange pronunciation of words you know mm-hmm. the first one is of course john fogarty of credence clearwater Revival. Uh, yes yeah. yeah we brought him yeah. up yeah king of making normal words sound strange yeah (laughs) Yeah, what what was that Okay, so he has crazy vowel manipulation. That's always been his thing. 
and it's probably a put on. People always say he's he's not from like the bayou, even though like he says right here he's born on the bayou. The guy's from California. Sorry, you're not from the bayou. <laughs> but no, he's from uh, he's from Vietnam. <laughs> he's from <laughs> Vietnam. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Born and bred in Vietnam. <laughs> but <laughs> you can definitely you know link that to what Eddie Vedder did. In I was the just gonna say that 90s, really completely. That- that more more than ever also because i just don't listen to creedence clearly whatever but like that's i could hear eddie vetter like very much in that yeah that's like soulful undertone with the rock very vetter very vetter yeah. very vetter dave did you actually i don't want to i don't want to ask yet if he's already if he if this person's coming in your playlist later so never mind i'll try and make sure i don't forget this guy is it here's on a guy from the Doobie Brothers named Michael McDonald? <laughs> no, I. No. This guy? <laughs> what is what category? Oh, mispronunciation. Okay, we're still talking about that. Unorthodox uh, yeah, yeah. pronunciation of English words and popular song. What is this? The Firm soundtrack? <laughs> <laughs> Dave Grusin as like a <laughs> special guest keyboard player on this album. Classically, we did the minute-by-minute series, minute-by-minute-by-minute series. We had a a, a little, like, ongoing segment called uh, Stinsnographer, where Dan would try to, like... (laughs) I tried to type out what I thought the lyrics were. Uh It's it's so Uh, hard to understand, you know, what he's saying. I missed that. But the soul's Uh, there, and that's legible. That was just... I missed doing that. It It was very, very fun trying to do that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Maybe we can do that with a uh, butt rock artist. But, yeah. Remember yeah. how good that opening song was on that album? Uh, this is it. Maybe that's true. This is Here to Love You? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Here to Love You? Yeah, it was, it was the first, like, th- three songs that were good. <laughs> Brandon, do you remember how good <laughs> the I couldn't was? remember which one it was called. <laughs> Man, I wish we were listening to that song, but that was so good. <laughs> From that album, <laughs> I didn't remember this being the verse of it. I knew this was from the album. I didn't realize it was the opening one. Oh yeah, that yeah. Then there was that stupid song like the spinning wheels or something. It was the worst. It was um, it was so bad. Uh, what was that called? That was so uh, bad. That song was really bad. Wheels uh, something. Yeah, something about the, the wheel, wheels. Yeah fall off or really bad okay so that's a fun one to go back to we love him not a lot of musical uh elements that the butt rock people took from at all but i'm sure these people were listeners of the radio and heard mike mcdonald and they heard the way he sang and it subconsciously stuck with them right and got them to think oh maybe i don't have to say things like yeah. correctly people don't need to know what we're saying no <laughs> Yeah. No, not at all. And and um hey, and he has a great beard. So maybe Chad Kroger was looking at that. <laughs> that yeah. aspect. And said, let me do the opposite. Yeah. That's yeah. Why. I'm not gonna uh, sing like him, but I'm gonna have a great beard like him. No, I was gonna say I'll do the opposite of having a great beard. Oh have sorry. A, ba- a, bad, a bad goatee. Yeah. <laughs> sorry. Yeah. I'm not gonna do what he does, but Yeah. I'll take I will a, have a beard the whole time. I'll take a piece of his beard. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, so now we're going to go to the uh, thing I uh, spoiled before, the 80s brand of medium rock, 
mm-hmm. slash mom aunt rock or mainstream hair metal period of music that I think influenced butt rock. The first example will be an artist who he's kind of hit or miss on the on the program, but sometimes we love him. Sometimes we can we can do without him. But this one, hmm, I don't know. What do you guys think of this one? This is a do without. It's Brian Adams, right? This one's more of just a whatever, whatever. The Three Musketeers song was 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 a great one. Yes, that song was good. But you know, he has one of the greatest rock voices of all time. But it's always employed in a more of a pop song yeah. setting. He's never used it in like really hard rock and stuff. And that's like butt rock. And that melody is a Bon Jovi melody. Uh, it's in It's My Life. It's like the same little thing that Bon Jovi steals in It's My Life. Right. Break set of Like all that. Oh, yeah, yeah. Plus, he has a Canadian factor. Correct. Yeah, so that's very Nickelback. More female appeal than standard rock artist. Pop songwriting with slick, horsey guitars. Yeah. They definitely distorted their guitars more in butt rock, but there's some similar moves going on guitar-wise in this music and, and their music. I think he's the greatest rock vocalist, not the Guess Who guy. <laughs> Brian Adams might be. He's he just not a be. rock artist. Yeah, he, he may exactly. Yeah, he never lived up to his pot- rock potential. <laughs> and then, of course, this is a no-brainer. The next one. They ripped off Brian later in life, but this is one of their big early songs. It's Bon Jovi. He's trying so hard to do Brian Adams. He can't. He, he will <laughs> never be Brian Adams. He'll never <laughs> rock as hard as Brian Adams. He can turn up the guitars all he wants, but vocally he will never be there. 100%. So why do you think Bon Jovi was more popular than these other hair metal bands? Because it was more medium? It's more poppy. It's more poppy. Yeah. It's not really even... I think of them more of a standard rock band or pop rock they're, band. They're part of the scene too, though. They co-opted like the hair metal sound. Yeah. It's just because it was it was what was happening at the time they were making music. Yeah. You know, they're not ride or die hair metal guys. Right. Shit stain production style, as I always like to call it. <laughs> yes. So that's that's buddy, but it's also big budget, state of the art, massive sounds, like a huge production, a lot of a lot of money going into this, and that was what butt rock was in its era. It's Dan and, it's Dan and Brave Cannon that this song is worse than Living on a Prayer, right? Oh, for sure. I hate the sound yeah. of this song. This is so much worse than Living on a Prayer. Yeah, this is worse. I don't I don't know I don't remember if I've said that before, but I mean it definitely is. Yeah. Yeah, it's shitty. We, I think we said that we would live it on a prayer is is great. Would be amazing with Madonna. Yeah, I think is what we said on the show. Is, oh, maybe yeah. If someone else know. sang it, I would really be into it. I think so. But yeah. also, that's probably true. Do you remember um, 
how much it sounded like Ooh, baby, remember, dum, bum, bum. Yeah. Heaven is a place, is on, a place earth. on earth. Yeah. Yep. That's a better version of that song for me. That's yeah. uh, oh, yeah. Belinda Carlisle. Yep. And that's more of like a poppy rock song or a rocky pop song. <laughs> Which I, I think I like that style a bit more. It just feels like a little bit more. Just like, uh, uh, yeah, I Transparent or something. I the Tiger is also a rocky pop song. <laughs> You think it's a Rocky pop song? It's I the Tiger. It's Versus a, rock- a poppy rock song. I think it's more of a poppy rock song. No, 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 no. It's, it's a literal not, it's a, it, Rocky it, It's a Rocky pop song. pop song. Do you hear what Brandon's saying, Dave? I have the Tiger. Oh, that's it's funny. A, it's a Rocky pop song. <laughs> I like that. Well, it's a Rocky rock song, really. <laughs> like, uh, it's a Rocky rock song. I hate to be a stickler, but hearts, it's a Rocky rock song. Hearts on Fire or... Uh, that's a poppy Rocky song. Living in America. <laughs> Living in America. Rocky pop song. It's a Rocky soul song. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> hey, do you notice that like there's two songs from Rocky Four that are both about like maybe heartburn? Because you got Hearts on Fire, yeah, Hearts on Fire, yeah. And Burning Heart, right? And a burning Heart. In the burning heart just about to it's the same like. <laughs> idea for the two main songs from that album or I don't from remember, that movie. I don't remember Burning Heart. I remember that one. That's the Survivor. Survivor. That's the other Survivor. Yeah. With the Burning Heart. Heart. Oh. oh. Yes. Yeah. Oh, man. There was that that tiny piece of like, what was it? Two, was it last year where I was listening to Survivor? Oh, oh yeah. Oh, that was so great. <laughs> Jimmy Jameson. Oh man! Or Jamie Jameson. Jamie Jameson. That one Survivor album was so awesome to listen to. Like just walking around the city, it was so great. <laughs> he's he's also we keep saying it. He's he could be the best rock vocalist. That's yeah. like another guy in oh. the running. I I sent you that list that, yeah, list, the, that article the, I found. Yeah. He was the best one. Yeah. Was he number two or number one? I forget. <laughs> Might have been number one. <laughs> he was number one. I think he was, he was like one. right above Freddie Mercury. I think. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but you know you know you know so what good. he. He's technically really great, but his band's clearly not as good as Queen. But anyway, or maybe they are. They're better. Maybe they are. They're better. They're better. Sorry, they're better than Queen. <laughs> Queen's the most overrated band of all time. Yeah, they're so overplayed, but they are great. It's too much with Queen. I can't take it. Okay, fair, <laughs> fair. I saw that um, another one bites the dust has a billion over a billion plays or something like that. Too much on Spotify. Too much. Um. <laughs> Too much. <laughs> <laughs> Too much. Undeserved. Undeserved. Pop Smoke should be getting a billion points. Well, now that R- Rami Malek is uh, fronting them, I think <laughs> it's their best uh, rendition Malik. of the band yet. Okay. Um, I have two more things it's, left. It's my Rami Malek, okay. Rami Malek impression. What is it? It's my Rami Malek it impression. Again? Oh, it's it's all it's like all visual. Yeah, sorry. It's, <laughs> it's it was just me opening my eyes really wide. <laughs> yeah. A little bit of pursed lips, yeah. It, hurt, it hurts my eyes to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so number six, territory of influence and assfluence, is okay. This is specifically influential to one of Mount Tushmore's acts. 
Um, I, I feel like I've talked about Nickelback a lot and like how you can like make a lot of connections to what Nickelback did specifically with a lot of these songs I've played before and artists I've highlighted before on this playlist. But this band I think is like so, so impactful to Creed's uh, success. And that is a band we all know. Uh, and don't care that much about but they're good sometimes you too mm. think about this a christian rock band that didn't hide the fact that they were a christian rock band and it was almost like it was part of their whole thing but was a gigantic success am i talking about you two or creed here i'm talking about <laughs> both baby this i feel like this fan of all the bands you've talked about so far this fan base would get the most upset that you're comparing it to butt rock <laughs> yes this fan base would be very upset very pissed it kind of rightfully so you two's pretty That's good fair. you two is era. good in the 80s but yeah. here's the thing creed is kind of good too <laughs> as we pointed out on the show creed is actually good as well so <laughs> But also vocally, Bono and Scott Stapp sing with this soaring, messianic purpose. Bono is soaring. Bono yeah. is soaring. Yeah. It's not so far off vocally, and they kind of, yeah. they kind of have a similar look going on a little bit. <laughs> I'm looking at the Joshua Tree cover, and I'm, I'm thinking, is this Scott Stapp in profile? Bono, another one of the great rock singers that could have been even rockier. Oh, yeah, he's not that... Ro- like, his music is not that rocky. And you get to U2 in, like, the 2000s, he really starts to look like like an L.A. dickhead. <laughs> right. And, <laughs> and you know, that's kind of what we're talking about with what bo- butt rock is, like the commercial dickhead look. Douchey, yeah. L.A., um... Where I've, where, I've, where I've eventually landed on U2 is, like, I, I love Bono's voice. There are songs by them I, I really like. Uh, I think I'd never like it as much as I want to, though. Like, mm. you know what I mean? Like, like, like I, I think that song is, like, very overplayed. I think kind of in a vacuum, like, I would really like it. Like, we, We're the Streets of No Name I like a lot. Uh, yeah, but but just in general, there are songs that I like. I never like them as much as I like hope to. Um, yeah, what Bono wasted? <laughs> well, you know, I think they're an iconic iconic band. Iconic. Um, who? No, they're a good band. They're they're one of those bands that have such a unique sound. It's like, why would you want to change that? Now, the yeah. thing with them though is like they're so hit or miss. So like they, they have a lot, a lot of misses and a lot of like kind of annoying, embarrassing misses. So yeah, I think it's part of them. But you know when they hit, they hit very well. And like sometimes they have, they have great songs that sound like no other band. So that's that's the cool thing about you two. Definitely, true. Dan, what do you think about that uh, aspirate that aspiration though? Or no, as- it's an assignment. interesting. What you've been doing is, is super like interesting. Like like just like the the tie-in of not necessarily the way the band sounds, but just like what it's trying to do within popular music. Yeah. Like, I, yeah, I like this a lot. And yeah, you two certainly a part of that because yeah, it's not, it's not hard rock. It's not soft rock. 
True. Well, and to tie in the, 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 you saying like the religious angle, like being the a religious Christian thing, band, yeah. Like, but also to tie that into like what we're talking about with some of these butt rock bands that we're going to, you know, eventually go further in is like it is that emotional, earnest, totally actually representing what they believe, whether it is an a belief system or if it's love or sadness or depression. It's right. actually being like emotional about and like up, like, forward with that stuff so that right. that all kind of ties in together too because like that's not that's not like a thing that's in all of butt rock as we pointed out like it's more of mm-hmm. a creed wave you would say puddle of mud probably is like that or stain is like and that stained yeah nickelback yeah. way less that yeah, yeah but that's still there for a lot of butt rock for one cheek of it it's like essential <laughs> essential that totally. you have some earnesty there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But the last song I wanted to play, I think this is probably the most influential song, rock song, most famous rock song um, that has inspired the formation of butt rock. And that is a song, probably the most popular rock song about asses that I can think of, unless you guys can <laughs> better better me on this. Okay, Fat Bottom Girls by Queen. I was going to say on. this is <laughs> Okay. <laughs> this is the ultimate butt rock song possibly <laughs> and it subconsciously had to have some influence on these butt rock bands and their sound all those years later had to Dan are you pissed? <laughs> no I'm uh, really really not into Queen anymore <laughs> so this fits really well Creed is a better band than than Queen. Queen. <laughs> Creed is a better band than Queen. They they basically have the same name. Creed, Queen, same, same name. Shit. Yeah, same name basically. Okay, and that's all I got. That's the full I never playlist. Really, I never. I never really liked that song that much, uh, but I do like some Queen songs a lot. Anyway, they're kind of like you 2 in my mind. They're, they have their own sound, but they're very, not very hit or miss, but they can be hit or miss. Okay. That's all I got for my aspirational playlist, but it was fun making those connections with you guys. Anything yeah. else you want to add to the dialogue, the conversation here today? I don't in particular. I mean, I think that, you know, the grunge stuff is going to lay out the groundwork even a little bit more, like, explicitly. Oh, for sure. Uh, yeah. But this, I think, I think getting to that uh, grunge point, uh, I think we did a better job than I even kind of thought we were going to be able to do. I think, like, you know, the big takeaways are a little bit of that, like, blow, sweat, and tears, like, a soul rock kind of thing in terms of, like, the vocal style. Um, but I love all the groundwork you laid of, like, what just the the era of butt rock represented in the 90s and how that that kind of happens which again just ties back into that thing of like yeah maybe like a style that was just you know too late to a trend and and all that type of stuff yeah and ever present kind of always there in the background no one seems to care about that much but 
for some reason it's the most popular rock music of the of the day well, it, it like all chris like all these things that were happening maybe like kind of over and over in smaller ways it's just all crystallized then in the late 90s and 2000s with like it all just coming together yeah and and yes because it ties all those things of the influences but also like the pop like the Bon Jovi thing, they're like, yeah. it's like this but pop, which is like what Nickelback like really did. Yes, and that's why they're like the Creed is almost like the like like the you know the you know the the grittier like obviously right. they became like more like sheened and polished, but like they were like the do the work guys kind of almost more totally totally Nickelback took like that more like commercially pop angle with it, so it, it makes a lot of sense that it all just kind of funneled into that era, because then after yeah. that. What happens in pop? We're gonna see it when we do, you know, board bills. But like after that, we've never really gone back to that in terms of what is on the pop charts. Like you know, aside from like hip hop and 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 rap making its way into there. But in terms of rock, there's never there hasn't been just like a a genre that that infiltrated the pop world as strongly. I think as that. Yeah, probably. Yeah, you know, the, the way and the way Dave approached this in terms of like what it means for popular music, like being middle of the road and being popular because you're middle of the road. It got me thinking, I don't know. Do we agree on doing like, do we have a post, but episode plan? Cause I've already got the wheels turning about bands oh, we have in this, that. in this decade that are an extension, maybe not even of the yes. same sound, but it's the same idea. Idea. Exactly. I've already got yeah. like this. What Dave just did got me kind like of the spiritually butt rock. Spiritually yeah. butt rock. Yes. The, passing the torch. Twenty ten. Yeah. We need to do a like post butt bands. We got, all right. We need so to do post- we'll do yeah. a post butt yeah. episode. Okay, that's awesome. And then Dave, the other thing I wanted to say, surprise wasn't on your play. Well, maybe not surprise because of the fandom. Maybe you didn't want to include him in the conversation. I think there's some Bruce Springsteen that could be talked about in the in the in the butt rock influence conversation. Okay. No, I don't. I don't. I don't <laughs> think so. I didn't deliberately take out Bruce what, Springsteen like, from the Heartland you rock. You said Heartland, and you don't bring do, up no, Bruce. No, I didn't do that. Well, who, the does, vocal I don't think style he really is, no, the vocal really style is even closer than those other guys. <laughs> I don't really hear it. You know, I don't. I don't. I don't personally Look, hear it. The band, but. the sound of the band, not at all. But the vocal <laughs> and the idea, the exact idea you were going for, you know, bringing up Heartland, it's all there. I even with Bruce. mentioned Bruce Springsteen having a underbite earlier. Yeah. So yep. all of when it's we're talking there. about the vocal physicality of the Yarl. What's his no, most? No, you're right. But, I, 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 I didn't his put most in Bruce Springsteen because I didn't want to link him to butt rock, but <laughs> you did it anyway. So, what's his most butt song? Well, I, I would think like sonically, it's probably Born in the USA. Maybe I don't know, but but maybe not actually. Or maybe you got to think about you it. You might more. have to go later in his career. Maybe like maybe the rising. No, the, I think he gets. <laughs> yeah, oh, okay. I was, I was thinking that the rising. You're not wrong. Yeah. Maybe you're the rising. Not wrong. Come on. Because that's kind of like, um, yeah. what's her name? The, 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 the Falling? Not The Falling. Calling. Calling. Right? Which band? Wait. Is that what I'm thinking of? Either Lifehouse or Falling. Oh, Lifehouse. I'm thinking of Lifehouse. Yeah, The Rising is a little li- Lifehouse-y. Good, good call. You're right. He like is like actually a butt rock contemporary in the 2000s. And his butt was on the cover of the album. Yeah. And born in the USA. But of the 80s, I don't know. I was thinking vocally maybe born in the USA, but it's hard. To, it's, we'd have to. I actually don't want to do that work. You can do that work. <laughs> I don't like. I don't like Lincoln Bruce to butt. Not in that way. Lincoln Park. 
Yeah. <laughs> Got to be talking about. A Lincoln Park. No, anyway, so this is this has been a really fun episode. My eyes yeah. are open. My cheeks are spread. <laughs> I can now see Butt Rock in a different way. I think we did the groundwork for episodes to come. Like, now we, we really yeah. have a better idea of what Butt Rock is um, foundationally. Yep, sonically, foundationally, and, like, uh, socially? Is that the word? Like Socially. Yeah. Just... Uh, Yes. Anthropologically. Culturally, yeah. Anthropo- anthropo- <laughs> um, so, <laughs> uh, so yeah, next is going to be... <laughs> Philanthropically? Philanthropic- <Yeah>. Colonoscopy. <laughs> yes. Um, uh, next episode is going to be grunge. Uh, so we have it uh, split up. You know, we won't say now, but like we each are going to be kind of approaching... Right. Uh, different artists in the grunge era and kind of further narrowing this path towards the the butt era that we're going to get to. And yeah, we've got a lot more coming. You just heard us plan another episode of the miniseries uh, on air. And yeah, this is all uh, leading up towards getting to the 2000s. So this was fun. I, episode two of Butt Stuff and everything but ro- everything but rock. My name is presenter... Uh, Asked, asked on Tushio. Oh, how about Bran Thong? Bran Thong Tushio. It's <laughs> pretty good. Or Brand New Thong. <laughs> brand New Thong. A brand New tushy. Thong for my Tushio. <laughs> yeah. I yeah, like fur, Furmar, Furmar Tushio, because my middle name is Fulmar. <laughs> Great. Uh, presenter number two, the most important one for this miniseries, dropping a big old deuce. Cause but, did, but did the least work? But, but did, did the, the least work? Yeah, but the most important work because I talked about Guns N' Roses. <laughs> <laughs> A.K.A. Bun, buns, buns and Roses for Butt Rock. Um, uh, Daniel signing out. What do we say? Stink? Stinks. 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 Oh, yeah. You used to say, don't change that Daniel. Like, you know, so now yeah. instead of like, yeah. like check into the next episode, like don't flush that toilet. <laughs> yeah. Danal. We, we're going. Danal. Well, no, what was the other one? It wasn't. It was, uh, Danis. 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 <laughs> Danis. D- Dasshole. <laughs> stink shit. Stink shit. Stink shift. Stink. Yeah. The stink. I'm working the stink shift. Um, I prefer automatic cause I don't know how to drive a stink shift. Yeah. Thanks. And this is Davy Dosh signing off presenter three. <laughs> now, presenter three, Dave, formerly colon, sorry, formerly Cologne, now colon, legally changing my name for this series, changing it back after the series is through. But will it ever really be through? We'll have to think about that. Um, because clearly there's there's so many different the butt rock exists in so many different areas that we we just have to keep turning over that butt rock you know these butt rocks <laughs> yeah seeing what's there oh wait you know what wait we missed an easy what? one fanny Center three my name fanny 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 oh fanny stinson that's an easy one fanny stink shift fanny stink shift <laughs> i love it fanny well, fanny yeah 
I'm a, I'm a fanny of fanny and um davy fanny brave uh, davy colon so thank you so much for listening we'll see you back at next time for volume three the grunge years mm-hmm. bye take care bye i love the way you smack my ass i love the way you smack